Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome back to another installment of New Books in Poetry's month-long celebration of the Chapbook, Chapbook of Palooza. I'm your host, Jen Fitzgerald. Rachel Moritz is the author of the National Poetry Series finalist, Borrowed Wave, forthcoming from Core Press in 2015. Her chapbooks are Many Forms in Water, Above Ground Press, 2014, Elementary Rituals, Albion Books, 2013, Night Sea, New Michigan Press, 2008, and The Winchester Monologues, New Michigan Press, 2005. Her poems have been published in American Letters and Commentary, Aufgabe, Colorado Review, Denver Quarterly, 26, Typo, Verse Daily, and Vault. Rachel lives in Minneapolis with her partner and young son, where she edits poetry for Conundrum Engine Literary Review and publishes a chaplet series from Winter Red Press. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's jump right in. Uh, In the epigraph, you quote Theodore Schwank from his 1965 text, Sensitive Chaos, the Creation of Flowing Forms in Water and Air. Can you tell us how this text influenced you and this work? Sure. Um, You know, I'm not, I don't remember exactly how I came across this book, but um, it found its way into my life and... um, it's a beautiful book um, that's filled with um, a whole lot of amazing imagery, which is where um, the titles of the poems came from. So basically, um, Theodor Schrenk was a water researcher and engineer, and he was very interested in um, kind of what he termed water consciousness. Mm-hmm. So thinking about the ways that... Um, the movement of water and also air, so everything from vortexes to the wave um, and the same kind of elements seen in clouds or wind patterns um, could be seen all over um, nature and even in the human body. And so this book is really analyzing the different forms in water um, and air and um, kind of connecting them to things like bird flight or the development of the embryo Um and although the poems in my chapbook are very loosely connected, um, you know, in that they're not necessarily about water in the way that poems are rarely about something, um, some of his language and his um, aesthetic and certainly the titles to many of the book's illustrations um, made their way into my poems, um, becoming the, the actual titles of the prose poems themselves. Mm-hmm. This book is, is kind of fascinating to me, I'm not going to lie. I just wrote down water consciousness, because um, that's that's brilliant. Um, so this book was marketed as a science text, but it seems like this man is a poet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he is. And I think, um, you know, he he's actually, I, I read, I was reading up about him recently, just trying to kind of, remember because I actually this this period of my life when I wrote these poems was quite a few years ago now um, 
but some mathematicians and kind of chaos theorists have been really interested in his work. So in that way that, you know, realms of science really intersect with realms of, you know, poetic thinking, I think he's um, in that kind of legacy. Um, yeah, but I think you're right. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear some of the work that was spurred or inspired by this. Um, I normally choose the pieces that I ask poets to read, but I'm going to let you choose two pieces to read, one after the other, and in terms of discussion, I want your choices to lead the way. Great. Okay. Um, well, let's start with the poem, um, Many Forms in Water May Also Be Found in Clouds. Okay. I'll start with that one. In the turning season, your one clay divided from hers, like swans riding a tourniquet of wind, winter's oriole cleft before a fallen oak whose breath is your only explanation, whose path yields the cabin doorway, heart of hand on burnished leaves, and whose water gathers from the pump, the dark maker, glued to a world your senses decided, as when millions of years earlier, the silence of nature broke. And I can move right into a second poem. Mm -hmm. um, this is called Approaching Storm Mackerel Clouds. Will you lay me down unmade as wilderness, as crows amass like arrows at our back and the window ascends? You see, you might have said, one thing I've got a grip on is remove, the daughter of everyone and no one. Don't look at stars if you can gaze on me. Or without the idea of wilderness, this country of life remains only an idea. You have to come to the end of your concept of a human family, the body's fluids, the ribbon of heat rising past digits black in air. What does it mean to wake by a window, the terror of love, stain and stain in place? Thank you very much. Um... I love both those poems that you chose. And um, the first thing that, that struck me when I read this collection is that these are all short um, poems, um, I guess paragraph-like stanzas, um, but there is an attention to sound, but it's it's not the normal, you know, in-step prosody or cadence. It's like a, it's, it's almost what I feel like if, if water had to create prosody in a poem. Mm. It would sound like this. So how, how, did you, um, how did you listen to the ear of these as you were creating? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think these, these came out as prose poems, um, and I think, you know, different, different poems kind of make their appearance in different ways, and there was a um, breathlessness or speed. Um, at the same time, they're not... Um, they're not left justified, left and right justified, so there is a line break. Mm -hmm. um, so they slow in places. But I think um, they did they did come out as a series. Um, and so I think some of the, the sensibilities of sound was there for me as I wrote it. And honestly, I mean, probably like many of us poets, that process itself is a little mysterious. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know exactly how this particular... Um, language found its way. I, I remember listening to a wonderful interview with Joy Graham where she talked about um, the music of each book project that she undertook kind of announced itself to her and she had to follow the music and the poems really all shared the same music. 
And I found that kind of fascinating because it, it also feels very mysterious. <laughs> what is that music and how does it find its way to you? Um, but these, these felt like prose poems to me. They felt um, like attention to white space, not within the line, but around the kind of blocks of language felt important. And, um, and the comma felt important as kind of a pacing quality. Um, and so I think that's something that they share um, throughout. Mm. I really like that idea of, um, I guess it would be a, a synesthesia, where a poem, of course it is content and it is line break and it is prosody, but if it is this one song that you have to write out to the end and you can't hear the music in your ear, but you know that it exists, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want you before we run out of time, to please choose two more poems to read. Great. Okay. All right. Should I just dive into those? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right, so I'm going to read um, a poem called Streams of Air Meeting at Various Angles. Little green plants held onto earth, a presence nearer than we knew or liked to imagine. As when I filmed the wild flowers up close, my hands induced their terrible shaking, my hands leaking white on clothes pressed to my thighs, unmade, ungathered, just a few owned flowers and the mind's dissolution. That imagined space I thought while walking beyond the garden, could it be held inside me as I shifted form? And lastly, a suitable duration of exposure. The face of the child or how I said my motherhood was only metaphoric, how it rose against our unmade hill, kept turning to look where you said there was no one, where sumac wizened on standing branches, we were pulled, you said, or how we found phrasing, two paths traveling in parallel, media there like an absent man. And what is a nearness like ours if we each remain in our own way concealed? Thank you so much. So how do we get this uh, chapbook to be sent as a supplement every time somebody orders that text? (laughs) Come on. I mean, uh, Theodore obviously wanted a poet to respond to this, right? So it should be like at least an appendix. Yeah, I might have to talk to Amazon about that. (laughs) (laughs) Because they are so forthcoming. Right. Um, Well, thank you so much for your time and and for reading your work. Um, I encourage our listeners out there to pick up this chat book. And um, I guess we're all going to be buying Sensitive Chaos now. I hope the press (laughs) can do another run. Yeah, I think that's a great plan. Thank you so much for the opportunity to read my poems and talk with you this morning. You're very welcome. This is Jen Fitzgerald with New Books and Poetry, reminding you to support all the arts, but especially poetry. 